Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about the Netflix series, The Diplomat, with some of the wonderful cast. We are joined today by Rufus Sewell, Otto Essendo, Ali Ahn, and David Jesse. And wow. Rufus started... <laughs> You got our names right. No, I was like, yeah, I mean, the I just listened to We're all very fast. Oh, I've only so just discovered so how nice. to pronounce his name and you got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Ghana so last I'm... year and it freaked me out. Everyone got my name right. Sorry. Yeah. But that was lovely. Thank you. It's a good start. I'm so glad. <laughs> well, Rufus, starting with you, I yeah. wanted to talk a little bit about the way in which you had to kind of work with work with the scripts to play a character like this because you're playing someone who's always playing a chess game three get three moves ahead of everyone else in the room uh -huh. and so I was really interested in how whenever you would go into scenes and be working with the text of that you would have to kind of really preemptively be looking at well what is he doing in the next few scenes and the next few pages of the script because that's really the game that's at play in this particular moment even if the other characters aren't aware of that yet yeah well I mean yeah, it really is just about the scripts. The scripts are so consistently deft and funny and brilliant that it makes your work, I mean, I'm sure all of us would agree, just so much easier. Like, And a lot of the credit that we get is really made possible by the scripts. So it was all there, really. All the clues were there. And just to make sure you're always thinking without looking too smug. And I failed that a couple of times. <laughs> And, and Otto, you know, you, you're you're playing someone who has run a lot of political campaigns, but has has stepped away from that specific world in the states after a failed campaign, and then it feels like he's really kind of finding his footing again and really falling in love with what he his passion was in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to just ask a little bit about how you approach charting that journey of a little bit of trepidation at first, not being sure if that's the path he wants to take, and then really kind of rediscovering this passion that he has. Uh, yeah, I guess I was familiar with sort of like political debacle just being an American citizen and uh, having gone through uh, yeah <laughs> having gone through a, a couple of administrations that I will not name and I and I remember sort of that that heartbreak and wanting to give up on life and I think what I'm finding about how people work in the foreign service is those are the really the true believers I mean the people who are working in the background they really are trying to save the world and so I think there's an inspiration in that when you really find yourself again and find your purpose because uh, he says it a few times when he realizes he starts to realize that Kate is not just capable but she's incredible he says oh maybe this is the one this is the real one true person that we could get in for good reasons and not have to do any political campaigning and that's kind of an amazing uh, possibility it is and and Ali you know in in playing your character I love the fact that there's always so much under the surface and she herself asserts in her relationship the fact that she's always intentionally withholding information and choosing what she tells people. Yeah. Um, and so I was interested in how you would really work with the text and look at, well, what is she, what information is she giving to people and why? And what is she keeping tight to her chest? And what are the reasons for that to kind of figure out a lot of her actions and a lot of her motivations and scenes? Yeah, well, one of the big things I learned early on was like in the, they talk about with Americans and Brits in that relationship when Brits want information from Americans and they don't know how to get it. They just stay quiet and Americans will kind of offer themselves anyway and to fill the silence. So I thought about that a lot with just like, if I can just learn to keep my mouth shut and just stay and have that pause, then people will give me information that I want. So I, I thought about that a lot when I was playing Idra. It was just to like stay still, which is very different than how I feel in life, you know. I had to learn how to do that on auditions. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> still learning. Yeah, I mean, still <laughs> learning. Clearly. Don't fill the pause with gavel. Just yeah. shut up and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a great point, and and David kind of off the off the back of that, I feel like Denison's the the perfect example of someone who really allows the silence to sit there and for for other characters to fill it. Um, you know, and he feels very observational in a, in a lot of scenes. And so I was interested in how, as much as you found the dialogue very helpful, you found those moments of when he holds himself back and has a lot of stillness about him just as useful. I'm doing it now. <laughs> there you that, go. Was some, that was some prime Jesse there. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, um, I think, what do I think about that? Still playing it. Um, I think there is definitely the stillness, the gap, the, the I, I was, I was actually, Sorry, I'm just going to speak about these questions that you asked them as well and just just say about, so Rufus, yes, the writing was incredible, but there was something that, that I didn't get to work with, Ali, but there was something that both Atto and Rufus did with the writing that was so generous. Because Rufus is three steps ahead, there's a bit in it where he has to advise me and I just felt the way that he did that allowed room for Denison to not feel undermined. And I thought that that, that, yes, it is in the writing, but that's what you bring to it as well. And I also thought the way that Atto um, reacted when he first saw Denison, um, there's just a lot of generosity there. So that was in my head and that's what I really wanted to speak about. Um, I think Denison has been an observer and someone who allows silence to, to fill gaps um, all his life because moving and walking in rooms that he moves and walks in, um, he's often part of the minority. So uh, that is an incredible thing to kind of watch and learn and allow those gaps to fill and do what they do. So you are absolutely right. And, and Rufus as well, you know, in, in terms of Hal's charisma, he's someone who's so good at kind of really just pulling people into this magnetic force that he walks into any room with. Um, and so I wanted to ask about how you really found what the specific charismatic energy of this character needed to be. Charisma you know, is very hard. For it's so hard to talk yeah. about this man. <laughs> I don't think you got yeah. yeah. supposed really to talk bad. about charisma <laughs> with this guy. Don't. He doesn't have it. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Well, that was very nice, but um, that aside, thank you, my darlings. Um, it, it really, again, it's the writing. It's like, you know, if you're playing, so much of it is in what people say about him, you know, and um, if, if the other characters leave the space and the timing of when you walk in and when you leave and how people react to you is right, all you've got to concentrate on doing is not doing anything to tell the audience otherwise. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of omission, really. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, you know, if you're playing a king, it really helps when people stand up when you come in the room. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, if they don't, you're not a king. I don't care, you could be kinging it all you like. So if I'm not good in the scene, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what we've arrived at. That's ultimately what I'm saying. <clears throat> 
And, and, and Otto and Ali, in terms of talking about your character's relationship, it's really beautiful to kind of see the the private moments later in the season between the two of them and, and how they exist in, the, in their own little bubble in their world. Um, and I love the fact that they have such specific and unique intimacy to the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, for her, sharing a piece of information from work is a very specific intimacy oh, that's yeah. so unique to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was interested in how the two of you really found what's their expression and their very specific language of affection for one another because it's not necessarily what you would traditionally find in an on-screen romance. Yeah, no. I mean, I think they're so, both of them are so withholding. I, I think yeah. I think most of the time we just found it funny how little they could really bring themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their vulnerability is always kind of being hidden. Right. And and there's always like, there's a, we have like, like a sign language. I think there's yeah. like a lot of scenes in the room. If you're watching carefully, there's always some kind of eye contact that they make that is like not professional. Do you know what I mean? But it's <laughs> yeah. only something that you can sort of slide in under the yeah. radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I also think that they're one of those couples that they think everybody thinks it's, they think that every, nobody knows, but like everybody kind of figures it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else has seen the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you're not dating? No, really? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I still think nobody knows. <laughs> but I, I do think it's like an interesting thing to have people so dedicated to their work and mm-hmm. understanding what their work costs them that mm-hmm. when you when you know you do give these kernels of information, it's like anyone who knows me should know that this is a big gift I'm giving you mm-hmm. when I give you this piece of intel or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that is her love language, sadly. And they feel like the couple that perhaps Kate and Hal were mm-hmm. in the beginning of their <laughs> yeah. relationship. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like there's there's a nice sort of juxtaposition where there's at the, the beginning of the relationship and then we're looking at the end of another relationship with the same circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe you'll not, I don't know, but like they uh, 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 we might not understand or we might not see the benefit of just watching how Kate and Hal move to say, oh, we don't want to make those mistakes, but we see this coming kind of thing. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, you might be hearing from my lawyers because normally I like to be the first person that uses the word juxtaposition. Maybe you didn't get the... I got that. that was a clear... Yeah, that was a clear the... uh, it's in my room. It's the way you want to play it. i got to read my yeah. writer. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> And, and David, you get to play some really wonderful kind of undercurrent in terms of the relationship that Jenison starts to develop and the feelings that he starts to develop for Kate. Because again, it's it's one of those so much is unspoken and so much of it is in front of other people where everybody's watching and, mm. and they know that people are seeing every move that they make. But I love even just the small details where he starts to realize, okay, when you stay silent, when I say something that means you agree with me, even if you're not saying it out loud. And so it feels like he becomes much more comfortable within himself around her as time goes on, whereas at the beginning there's a bit of nervousness. Um, And so how did you want to create that shift of what those two different spaces look like when it's someone that he's just getting to know and kind of figuring out their rhythms and then someone where he really starts to understand them quite intimately? Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's almost in what Ali Anato said earlier, actually, in that the, the initial reaction to a slightly more brash let's say, and um, less reserved personality coming into his sphere. I think he had he had put Kate down to one of those people. Um, and I think what they start to see, what connects them both, is that they are people of integrity and people of, of um, that search for the truth. 
and speak the truth. And so I think that that's where I was starting to land. This is where they connect. In- interestingly, on in my cab on the way to the hotel, I had a cab driver who was saying that he didn't care about one of your former politicians' private lives. He was like, I don't care about that. He's a great businessman and he should be <laughs> leading. And I and I thought and I thought I thought that's interesting because actually integrity and honor and things like that are out of fashion. They're old fashioned words. And so then when you meet people that have these things, and it may it may sort of present in a different way to what one's used to. But when you meet people that have those things, I think Denison is is just naturally drawn to that. What that ends up being, who knows? Mm. But that's that's what I would say mm. is their sort of landing mat. And then on the other side of of Kate's love life, we obviously have her her marriage with Hal, and you know it's it's really like fun to watch the kind of the tussle and the push and pull because they both have emotions going in so many different directions at any given time. You know, sometimes she's the one who's, who's more feet in than him and vice versa. Um, And so kind of similarly, was it, was it the writing that really gave you that gauge point of all the different emotional trajectories and places that he's in? Because sometimes he's very committed and he really wants to make this work in a real way. Sometimes it's a business transaction and sometimes it's, you know, his feelings getting hurt and feeling like he's getting pushed out professionally. Um, it's the writing, the writing, the writing, the writing, and the writing. And a little uh, bit of charm. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and it also really, really helps that I have to say, you know, it can be quite nauseating to watch things like this when people really like each other. But it was a really fun, lovely job. And, um, you know, there, there is a, a, an unfortunate saying, if you look round in the read-through and you can't see the dick, it's you. Um, <laughs> but I did have that awful moment of, oh, am I? The, because everyone is so nice. Um, and Kerry is so quick and smart and easy to work with. And I heard a, a definition of charisma. I'm thinking about, you know, Kerry is that actually often more than anything, it is speed of thought. Mm-hmm. And with this writing, and also with like the screwball genre, because there's certain mm-hmm. elements of this, the very, you know, it's not so much about speed of language, but speed of thought and how quickly mm-hmm. people pick up the joke, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's the political idea or the, or, the, or the gag or whatever. And working with people who kind of get it makes it so easy because you don't have to do that thing of like moving the furniture of the scene around. That mm-hmm. takes care of itself. It's all really well oiled. Mm-hmm. And um, with Kerry, all of that stuff just felt like it was taken care of. As soon as I met her, we, we, our rhythms were kind of, you know, in sympathy. It was very, very easy. And, you know, the, the clues are in the writing. And if you're working with someone who you could absolutely trust is picking up the same clues as you, you don't need to push those things. They're just there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the speed of thought in the writing is such a great point to touch upon. And, and for all of you, um, I was really interested in just what that process looked like in terms of how you really worked with the text, because it's something where every single line of dialogue that's being said has so much subtext to it. They're, they're all in this professional setting for the majority of the show. And yet all of their personal conversations are happening through foreign policy discourse. And, you know, and then there's and sometimes kind of it's like the, the same thing. Of the humor and, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and so for all of you, I was just interested in how you really approached kind of working with such dense and such fast paced text to make sure that you were really mining every single line for everything that was intended and could be played to. 
Mm. Well, the interesting thing was, I think that all of us, I, I think I could speak for all of us when we saw the, the scripts uh, and we saw the amount of text that we're saying and how complicated it was, our natural reaction was to speak everything very fast because mm. that's what we think makes people sound smart. The gulps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, it, I'm just piggybacking off of what Rufus said, but it's the speed of thought, not the speed of language. Um, and Deborah Kahn, our great showrunner who created this thing, told us all, hey, 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 slow, slow down, down. Yeah. slow down. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the language is already there and it's about thinking fast, not speaking fast. And once we started to do that, we started to become a, a lot more comfortable with the language because it's very daunting to see, you know, we're talking about Iran, Iraq and the Aleppo mm -hmm. Triangle, all these things that we don't say uh, as human beings every day, but those diplomats sure do. Mm -hmm. So we want to say things that we know we're talking about. We want to look like we know what we're talking about. But yeah. it's a lot of studying. I mean, it's a lot more It is. It's about having it. done the work, yeah. so you're not having to push it. Yeah, yeah. because mm -hmm. also, like, it's so dense and mm -hmm. you you can't sound like you don't know what you're talking exactly. about. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to, like, re and a lot of times the scripts are so involved. You have. To, I found myself rereading, like, wait, mm -hmm. what, just to make sure I really understood it. Because <laughs> yeah. Deb yeah. is way smarter yeah. than any of us. To do that, I just watched it. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> um, no, but it's very similar. Like, I think, you know, it's the same with with um, costumes. If you're doing something in period dress or if you're wearing suits or whatever, the idea is to get comfortable enough that it's just clothes and the clothes aren't wearing you. It's the same with the language. Mm -hmm. And I find that sometimes when people let the style of playing become too predominant, it kind mm -hmm. of grates mm -hmm. slightly. Mm -hmm. And, I, and it, you know, that if we're we managed to avoid, I think, a kind of house style of playing. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Where people think the way that the fast way they're speaking yeah. is kind of cute. I remember having a conversation with my agent about this project. And I said, it has to be this one because I can't, I can't, I won't have space or time when I'm on this to think about any other project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and and I think it's because in the in the pages that I received and the the episodes I received, it was so dense. It's what you've what we've all just spoken about. It was this language, and then the subtext and the gaps in between. I always I always find that interesting. I, mm -hmm. I find the silences in between the lines mm -hmm. where the real meat is, where the clues are. Mm -hmm. That was even thicker mm -hmm. and even more dense. And so. That that I it just literally your question just reminded me of that mm -hmm. that I was like I'm not going to have time for anything. <laughs> no. But honestly, some of the most the most loaded lines are when characters say okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like there's okay. so many things going on <laughs> yeah. in that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the word fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that that element that you're all touching upon as well in terms of just. The, the understanding of a, of a lot of the language and especially with that pacing and, and the density. Um, I wanted to also ask about research because it feels like you could kind of go down an endless rabbit hole of research for roles like this in a show, in a world like this. Um, and so how did you how did you each approach really looking at what's going to be the most conducive element of research and, and what are the materials that are really going to give me this deeper understanding of my character and, you know, even just things where you're reading logistical information, but it's telling you more about the characteristics and traits of who you're playing. Well, it was really hard at the time because nothing much was going on in the world. So we, we, um, <laughs> had nothing else had to do. Nothing, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it become all, it became all consuming really. Um, but uh, for, for, for myself, you know, 
like not only like before I might, you know, have my coffee and read a couple of articles in some of my favorite papers. What I found was I would read those articles, some of my favorite papers, and then read the same articles in the opposite papers mm. and start to understand where diplomacy sits and where true democracy sits, being able to take on board different opinions and find a solution that someone wins a little bit and someone loses a little bit and we move forward, right? So there was that, um, uh, my, you know, my family, uh, God bless them, they kind of lost me a little bit for a, for a few months of going into this, um, into this wormhole, as you said, and, and then I you know, I spoke to a few politicians, and I think for for my character, it's it's uh, he's in a party that perhaps is not let's see, let's say wholly aligned with his own political views, and so there is a little bit of a can I say it yeah. juxtaposition oh. <laughs> in that um, he had the generosity yeah, to reach out yeah, to his lawyers before. So I think that, so, so I, yeah, I, I, that was, that was me really. So. But Deb, Deb recommended this book. Would you guys remember that book? That the she, Ambassadors. The yeah. Ambassadors yeah, yeah. for us to all read. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us started it, some on audiobooks, some, I was like reading it and then we were like, this is too hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just yeah. saying, I was reaching, like, reading about uh, Richard Holbrook and, you know, and it was very interesting, but what's really good about that level of research is you can find out what you're not going to need. Mm -hmm. You can, mm -hmm. and, and I think it's very, very important, but sometimes the, the ultimate research is the script. Mm -hmm. You can veer away. Mm -hmm. I like to know as much as I can for any tiny thing it'll give me. But mm -hmm. as long as it doesn't, th the most important thing for me is the gut the images that flash up mm -hmm. when you first read the script, mm -hmm. you know, and the things it reminds you of mm -hmm. that might not be of that world. Yeah. It yeah. might be an image from an entirely different universe for you, mm -hmm. an emotional universe that you bring with you, which, because as they always say, that the most least interesting thing about any character like that is the uniform. Mm -hmm. It's everything else yeah. that you're watching it for. Yeah. So that's what you try not to leave behind. Yeah, there's a documentary that I'm not gonna remember that I think Carrie suggested I watch um, about the Israeli- Oh God, that was extra. What the? What was it called? What the? Bums it called? Yes, yes. Called? Um, but it was about the 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 um, it, during the Clinton administration, the peace accord between um, in the Middle East between Rabin uh, and, Rabin yeah. and uh, uh, Yasser Arafat. Yeah. And I watched it, and I what struck me. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. So it, I was crying through this because I remember as maybe a high school kid when it happened, how how monumental it was. But watching that documentary you start to understand the emotional sort of investment these people, the people that we play, have. And there's something simple about it, right? Because what a diplomat, I think, is doing is managing human relationships, which we all do in our families, in our friendships, in our societies, right? They're doing it on a macro scale. So this whole peace accord was about, well, Yasser Arafat really likes to hug and kiss people. And you know what? Yeah, Rabin doesn't like that. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So how do we get those two in a room so they can shake hands mm -hmm. under these terms? Terms, right is no different than well where's aunt mary gonna sit during thanksgiving because yeah, you know yeah. she doesn't mm -hmm. like uncle rob right mm -hmm. that's what we're doing mm -hmm. that's what the cia is doing that's what the cia is yeah, doing it's right? figuring what do people need what do they want i don't want to yeah. sit with my mad uncle during thanksgiving right and so essentially that's what we're doing we're trying to get the world through a thanksgiving dinner without mm -hmm. blowing it to and you know, up, you know talking about what, what we've been talking about is mm -hmm. the image i remember from that mm -hmm. one of them most strongly is the moment where where 
Clinton mm-hmm. is tickling and hugging yes, 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 um, yes. Yasser Arafat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a kind of way to cajole it. And it's mm-hmm. so unbelievably human. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the thing that's interesting. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. it, it stunned me at the time. I remember seeing it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And that when yeah. I was a kid of only 36, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look amazing. Tiny yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. <laughs> but, but, uh, but how Rufus's character, Rufus, because I was in the room when he played it, there's a, uh, remember that speech Hal makes mm-hmm. about um, how hard diplomacy yeah. is, right? Yeah. You keep trying, you Great keep speech. trying, you keep trying, you fail, you fail, you fail, and then maybe, right? Mm-hmm. So the other thing behind this, this, this uh, peace accord where it really, it's as simple as two guys shaking hands on a lawn in front of another guy. That's all that was supposed to happen, it right? Twenty years for that. Time. Thirty, yeah, right. And 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 like this show, like like really encapsulates that in a way that it. This is about people. Like the world getting along is about getting people to sit at a, a Thanksgiving day day table mm-hmm. without blowing each other up, mm-hmm. which is like amazing when it when you really look at it that simply. So mm-hmm. anyway, I like that. Mm. that's the sound one, one of the other yeah. things that's so great about the show as well is you know for for as much as we're watching characters who are in rooms having a lot of conversation it feels like everybody's always in motion everybody's always kind of mm-hmm. like moving around but with real intent and specific reasons to do so you know if two characters are walking down a hallway there's so much to be said in kind of who's the one actually kind of like leading the other one down the hallway mm. and kind of taking charge of the conversation um, you know there's I feel like there's a lot of great food scenes between Denison <laughs> <laughs> You know, and and so was interested for all of you in in working, particularly with Simon Selen Jones, who directed the first couple of episodes, and really just finding a lot of that very intentional character driven motion, so that it never feels static because it's very true to these characters that they're moving around constantly in that way. I would say that one of the easiest, the the, it's so much easier working with good people who have their stuff sorted out. The scripts are good. The directors so. One of the difficult things I've found doing other shows <laughs> is doing a walk and talk when you're walking down a corridor is the fact that you are aware that you're not walking anywhere. Mm-hmm. You're just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you, you, I, I did a whole show where I was explaining something straight from Wikipedia to someone walking fast in no direction <laughs> and the person I was telling already knew the stuff I was saying. <laughs> so that was over and over again. In this, if you're telling someone, it's because they don't know mm-hmm. or you want them to know. And if you're walking whilst talking, it's because there is specific not just place you were going but reason that you were going there Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. takes care of 95% of the acting Mm -hmm. most of the acting that you have to do in these situations in other shows is to hide the fact Mm -hmm. that you don't know where you're going (laughs) you're going to have reason it's the extra acting Mm -hmm. Uh, that's when I do my most acting (laughs) 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 it's when I'm trying to cover those kind of things (laughs) bags of acting (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just dumping them. Yeah, yeah. How, how about for the rest of it? Case of acting yeah. for you. <laughs> Delivering a case of acting. There was something about, like, I I remember being told by Deborah that, you know, we're sort of going into these buildings, right? And a lot of these buildings, a lot, some of the furniture is older than countries mm-hmm. that are out there, mm-hmm. right? And so the first time we walked in, it was a little bit like, oh gosh, don't touch that. And Deborah was saying, just this needs to feel like it's your front room. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a thing to sit on the edge of a desk that is probably worth more than, you know, my whole family's entire estate. The desk is worth more and I'm just gonna 
perch on the end of that. I found that really, really helpful. And then also I, I found another thing quite interesting was a lot of the furniture was designed for male bodies and bigger. Mm. So uh, it was quite, you know, it's quite <laughs> sort of, it was interesting to see uh, Kerry uh, and Ali navigate. These <laughs> tiny, tiny people. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I find that that dance and that relationship um, quite fascinating, um, but then some of the some of the politicians that I interviewed, um, it's it goes back to what you were saying before. It's it's life, right? So this language that they use, that's the way that they find out how to tell each other they love each other. I'm going to give you this bit of information, and mm. so again. Um, oh, we've only got this period of time before we go to this meeting. And actually there's something that I wanted to say to you, but can't quite say to you because this is happening, but you'll get it in this way. So all of those things were really helpful um, to to not be doing our best acting with heaps and bags, as you know. It's like Rufus was saying, it's it's all taken care of in mm-hmm. the writing. I mean, I, I still remember reading the first script for the first time. And I hate, you know, we all read on tablets and so forth. I can't stand reading scripts on tablets mm-hmm. because you can't flip back if you forget something or whatever. But this script was so compelling. Like, I couldn't wait for the next script yeah. and the next script mm-hmm. and the next script. They're so well sort of like oiled, as you said, mm. that there's nothing you need to do besides show up and know your lines and and um, throw some acting in there, of course, <laughs> but like just just know what you're saying and the rest is taken care of. So that for me, that's made it yeah. really easy job. Can yeah. I, can, oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was I was just going to add to that real, real quick. Like I found myself invested in other. There's some jobs I've done where I've not been so invested in other storylines, just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you sort of read oh, and yeah. you get invested, and then they sort of then amendments come in, and yeah. all of a sudden it's all changed. I don't remember amendments on this, mm-hmm. and I found myself like you know when the new scripts came out, we would all just go off to the yeah. corners to mm-hmm. find, and I found these relationships so yeah. interesting, yeah. honestly. Yeah, there yeah. were scenes so I wanted to be there for that yeah. I wasn't in, yeah. just because I wanted to watch, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Sorry, I, I, I love that. all of these details so much, yeah. and thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's phenomenal performances in the series, so congratulations. Thank you for watching all of them. Yeah. It sounds like you watched all the episodes. <laughs> it's awesome. Of thank course. you. Yeah. <laughs>